I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. So a question came up on my weekly parenting slot on News Talk FM where the parents were not on the same page about something. And in my response, I advised that they establish a structure that would make uncomfortable parenting conversations more comfortable. Because you know what, there will always be times when we are not in full agreement about an issue and having an open, respectful conversation that is based on facts, but also our shared but maybe individual beliefs about the issue and also and importantly our fears about the issue. This allows us to hear, to be heard by each other and it'll help to stop these instances from becoming bigger rows or deal breakers within our relationships. I received a number of messages afterwards asking me what this might look like and Honestly, it will look and sound very differently for every couple, for every family. So let me share with you what it looks like for me. And some of this you'll go, oh yeah, that could work for me. Or you'll go, "Mm, I'd have to change a bit of that. And that's exactly what you should do. You should tweak and tailor this to suit you, your relationship dynamic, your family structure. For me, if one of us says something that pertains to children or parenting or family life and look at I'm including everything in here from education, religion, culture, extracurricular activities, friends, whatever it might be, the other of us will catch it and say, oh wait, I need a moment with that. It's not sitting well with me. Let's pause this one and come back to it at eight o'clock tonight or whenever you know you get your time alone when children are asleep, when we have the time and space to really think and talk about it. Then we do that. We sit down and speak using I statements. I think, I believe, I know, I worry that, you know, it's okay to express what is your certainty about this issue. And it should be possible to do this as a conversation. But if it is a heated one, decide who's going to speak first. Look at if it comes to it, you can flip a coin if, if you really need to do that. But just decide who of you is going to speak first and then agree that you each get five uninterrupted minutes on the matter to say everything you think, believe, know and worry about. OK, and the other person does not disrupt you but then gets their uninterrupted time to do the exact same when you won't interrupt them. Note where you are aligned on the issue and where you are misaligned on the issue, okay? Because there will be areas that you're in more agreement than you initially think. And often it's easy to get pulled into, oh, we disagree about this and overlook the bits that we do agree on. I think that's going to strengthen the base for the trickier bits to be talked about. So where you are in agreement and where you're in disagreement, acknowledge both. And note and acknowledge what is a parenting preference for you versus a parenting essential. Okay, and I think that's really important because, look, for example, you might have a parenting preference that there be no shoes allowed on the sofa. You might have a parenting essential that your child must take their asthma inhalers at set times each day. Okay, be prepared to compromise on your preferences and name and hold your essentials as red line issues. They can't move. You can't move on that one. But the preferences are things you would like to happen, but don't have to happen. 
So this is the art of compromise, and it's crucial to this kind of a structured conversation. State what you know, fact, okay, what you believe, maybe the beliefs you grew up with, and what you fear, why this is an issue for you. Reflect back to each other what you've heard as each other's belief and fear so that you can consider it from the other person's perspective, because this can help to take the heightened tension out of the discussion and to increase the level of acceptance and empathy that you can impart to each other. If it is too big and too emotive to resolve in one sitting, park it after an hour. That is long enough to discuss anything. So park it and agree that you will revisit it another time. And once you have parked it, try to do something together that's going to promote connection. You know, try to watch a TV show or have a cup of tea or a general chat afterwards to focus on the connection with each other and away from that specific issue. The one thing you have in common and will always have in common, no matter what else happens or is going on, is your love for and commitment to the best interests of your children. Always come back to that. And you know what? If this isn't your shared truth, if you question that commitment in each other, it is likely a discussion that should take place in the office of a professional, maybe a couples or relationship counselor, or perhaps a mediator. But that would be something that is beyond what we're talking about here. Broadly speaking, this is what it will look like with, you know, as I said, variance on each topic um, and within each family or couple, it's going to change to suit your own communication styles. Amongst the questions on this topic that I received was one that I thought was worth speaking about here. A woman messaged me to say that she and her husband were rarely on the same page on anything within their parenting. They grew up in very different families, very different homes. They had very different parenting experiences of being parented as children. He absolutely rejected rules. He preferred a more relaxed approach to parenting. She felt the children needed rules and limits and discipline in order to learn how to be an adult. And she named that it was, you know, actually his fun side, this free spirit approach to life that had attracted her to him when they were dating. But when they had children, what had seemed thrilling and exciting suddenly felt dangerous and careless. She gave examples as to how this dynamic played out at home. Dad said yes and mom said no. Dad said, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Mom said, here is your meal. This is the plan for the day. Dad felt homework should be the kids' choice whether they do it or not, and mum felt they needed to do it for school, and as parents they needed to supervise and check it to ensure it was done well. This split led to recurring rows, you're too hard on them, you're too soft on them, but had come to a head when mum heard the children talking in the bedroom one night, describing dad as the cool parent and her as the mean one. She snapped and she said they had a huge row about what she felt was him forcing her into the bad cop role while he assumed the good cop one. He felt that there was scope for two good cops and that she had assumed a role of her own choosing. The question was how do they reach agreement on their parenting? The idea of creating a space to comfortably have uncomfortable discussions is not to reach an agreement. I mean, great if that happens, of course, that's fantastic. But the goal of the process is to open up greater understanding and from that understanding to develop a plan that you are both as comfortable as you can possibly be. It's about compromise through the lens of compassion. 
and knowing that regardless of the issue, you are making the decision together. Okay, just to emphasize that this isn't a formula for agreement. It's a formula for open, respectful communication. Now, coming back to the question and the pattern at play here, children do need boundaries and limits. You've heard me say that many times on here before. The reason they need them is it creates inner state felt safety. That means feeling safe from the inside out. I feel safe within myself. I feel safe in relation to others outside of me and within the world around me because this strengthens emotional security. They also need flexibility, a structure that bends without breaking over rigid rule-based parenting. But more than any of this, they need to know that their parents are in it together even if you are parenting apart, that you are working together on the parenting front. Otherwise, they quickly learn that they can split between you and this will always and repeatedly create tension and power struggles where they do not need to be and where they should not be. Further, it's going to create confusion and uncertainty for your children, which in turn will bubble up within them as anxiety or other stress-related conditions or behavior patterns, and it will create resentment and tension between parents. Children will always work out which parent to go to on different issues as they grow up. They might know, for example, that mum will be more relaxed about the outfit they want to wear out, or that dad will give them the lift they're looking for, or that mum is more likely to write a note to exempt them from PE, or dad is more likely to negotiate on what's for dinner. They'll know this about their parents. It's fine. It's natural. This is every child in every family. They work this they work this out surprisingly quick, let's be honest. But it's also, you know, this is across the board, regardless of where parents sit on issues, because we will always think and act a little differently on some things. That is normal and healthy. That is not problematic. It is when the polarization between how each parent parents is extreme ends that we see issues arise for everyone. So I suggest that the parents in my scenario and anyone this resonates with use the discussion framework I mentioned at the start to draft and agree a parenting structure you can both work with and allows you present the same overall message to your children. On trigger issues, you know, perhaps something like the homework or discipline or bedtimes or family meal times, whatever your trigger issue is, Find the key points that you can agree on to help you work out your shared message for the children. Agree that when one does or says something that goes against the parenting structure that you have a nonverbal signal with each other, that means you're going to set aside time that evening to discuss it calmly. That means you're not verbally calling each other out in front of the children. You're not inadvertently shaming each other or flagging to your children that this is where you're in disagreement. You have a nonverbal signal that the other sees, acknowledges, and you then follow through and discuss it in private respectfully later on. And look, you can be playful with this nonverbal signal where you can, you know, make it a kind of funny one. You can pat your head, you can rub your tummy, you can stick your tongue out at each other, you can, you know, pull your ears or pop your cheeks, you can do whatever you like. Make a funny one um, and keep it a little bit playful so it doesn't seem like, you know, in other words, don't drag your hand across your throat in a threatening manner. Do something else is basically what I mean. 
But what you're doing in this is you're agreeing to have those disagreements in private and not in front of the children. Find areas of parenting that you are strongly aligned on, okay? And there's always areas like that, but they can get lost in the focus on the stuff you don't agree on. For example, maybe you are strongly aligned on the belief that play is really important, that children should engage in hobbies they enjoy, and that children absolutely have to take their medication daily and on time. These are things that you can say, yes, we're totally on the same page about this. And remind yourselves that you can be on the same page. And then you work to find one key point in every area that you are in agreement on, even if you're not in full agreement on the issue. Okay. Agree to have each other's backs in this parenting gig, no matter what. That's what you're saying. We won't shame each other. We're not going to fight about this. We're going to discuss it and we will find a shared agreement point and we will grow it from there. Both of the parents in the scenario I read out to you there, both of them have strengths and areas that need support. Neither of them is all right or all wrong. That's not how it works. Together within a broadly shared structure that enables them to play to their strengths and lean on each other and lean into each other where they need support. Actually, I think they can establish a really strong platform that they can parent from. Good cop, bad cop parenting is hard on both parents and children. Feeling like your partner has pushed you into being the mean one or, you know, feeling like your partner doesn't know how to have fun, that your partner doesn't know how to keep your children safe or can't keep them healthy and well or whatever it might be, that's going to hurt your relationship. And the greatest gift that you will give your children is to visibly, audibly show respect for the other parent. Take time for yourself. Take time for each other as it is the best way to build lasting structure in your family relationships. It takes practice, but working through your disagreements in a mutually respectful and structured way can help you and your partner present a united front to your child, even when you are not in full agreement on the issue. Aside from this, make sure you have opportunities for shared joy as a family. Plan to play. Make sure there is time to get outside and explore, to go trekking or hiking or walking or running or puddle jumping. Have new experiences together. Practice family movie nights every week or a pizza making night, whatever works for you guys to ensure that everybody feels connected and are able to enjoy each other and be enjoyed by each other and always find opportunities to share a laugh together because that light relief is exactly what's going to get you through those more intense, challenging parenting moments. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-Minute Parenting.